So as you know, we're still in our favor series. My friend and sister, Andrea Creighton, joined us last week to bless us with an on-time word about favor. Joining me today is her father, Pastor Darius Creighton. He's the founder and senior pastor of Bridge Builders Church International in Decatur, Alabama, along with his wife, Pastor Alicia Creighton. He holds a Bachelor of Science degree in Mechanical Engineering from Tuskegee University, and he worked for 13 years in the aerospace industry before accepting the call into full-time ministry in 1999. He has such a busy schedule, and I was just excited that he made time to join us, but it didn't come without technical difficulties. We tried several times this week just to get a recording done together, and I thought, what is it about Pastor Creighton's message that the enemy doesn't want my listeners to hear. So by any means necessary, we were going to get this message out. He recorded it, sent it to me, and we're going to play it for you today. Let's welcome to the show, you guys, Pastor Darius Creighton. You are now listening to the Be Unconventional podcast, your number one resource for unconventionality. Praise God. Well, let's, uh, let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you today for this, another opportunity to come before your presence. We thank you for the power of your anointing that's available to remove burdens, to destroy yokes. And Lord, we thank you. I thank you that you think through my mind and speak through my vocal cords. None of me, all of you, have your way and bless your people. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Well, I'm so excited to be a part of today's broadcast, to be a part of this podcast, and to talk about the subject of favor. Praise God. You know, when you think about uh, favor and you think about God and his uh, systems, what I call systems of advantage, uh, favor is a part of the grace package. You know, when you think about the Bible in, in Ephesians 2, it talks about how that we were saved by grace through faith. And you realize that grace includes the love of God. It includes the mercy of God as well as the favor of God. And, you know, in addition to that, it's also God's unlimited resources or provisions for our life. And so I call all of those systems of advantage, praise God, because when you and I receive the love of God and we receive the mercy of God and walk in his favor, and accept his provision for our life, we will have a system of advantage over everyone and everything in the world. And so as we look at this subject of favor, I wanted to start here in Exodus chapter three and verse 21. And it, and it reads, and I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians 
And it shall come to pass that when you go, ye shall not go empty. My goodness, I don't, I, you know, I'm starting, but I want to go ahead and prophesy to you. I don't know where you are in life. I don't know what may be going on, but as you're coming from where you are to where God is leading you, you're not going to come out empty. I believe things are getting better for you every day, praise God. And I believe the best is yet to come. So receive that today, the favor of God. Here, the Egyptians or the Israelites found favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it came to pass that as they were coming out of Egypt, headed to the promised land, that they came out with the wealth as well as they were in good health. But let's go to Exodus chapter 11 and verse three as well. It says, and the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. But moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people. And I'm telling you as a, as a group, as a member of the body of Christ, I believe the favor of God is afforded us. But I also believe as individuals, you're about to walk in another level of favor. And I want us to gain understanding of this, this subject of favor, because I believe in many cases, the definition of favor may have limited us in times past, but now we're here to expand that definition and make sure we all gain great understanding. And so we, we traditionally define favor as unmerited access. And it may be the very reason that many believers never really tap into the reality of God's favor working in their lives. So favor, you must realize, is multidimensional. And the only context where favor is unmerited is when it has to do with salvation. But every other aspect of favor is something that you and I can begin to attract in our lives as well. Here's a scripture that really helped me to gain uh, this insight. It's Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 15. It reads this way, good understanding giveth favor, but the way of the transgressor is hard. It puts me in the mind of two pregnant women. One pregnant woman is understanding, and as a result, she gives birth to favor, where the other woman represents transgression, and she gives birth to a hard time or a hard life. And so you and I realize that understanding is the seed for the harvest of favor. And the more understanding you get, the greater level of favor that is afforded unto you. You know, life just in, in itself can be hard. It can seem sometimes to even be unfair. But the favor of God, I believe, bridges the gap. Praise God. Let's give you a, a new definition uh, for favor. Favor uh, is divine help or divine assistance. Man, when I get divine help or divine assistance, it's God being in partnership with man. I think about people like Joshua there in Joshua chapter 10 and verse 13, when he was in battle and needed the sun and the moon to stand still. He needed time to stand still. And we see that the favor of God worked on his behalf 
to give him victory in that battle. Favor is also defined as uh, unusual kindness. It's unusual acceptance and unusual access, praise God. And I really want to major on unusual. I'm talking about over and above. Nothing's normal about the favor of God. You hear many times people say favor isn't fair. That's so true because favor is divine assistance or divine help that provides unusual kindness, unusual acceptance, and unusual access. When I think about unusual kindness, I think about people like Mephibosheth, who David, the king, once asked, is there anyone left from the house of Saul that I might show favor, that I might be a blessing unto? And they told him, they said, yeah, there's one left. His name is Mephibosheth. He was the son of Jonathan. And, you know, David and Jonathan had a covenant relationship. And so from that day forward, Mephibosheth came and ate at David's table. He was in a place called Lodabar. I'm talking broke, busted, and disgusted. (laughs) But the favor of God gave him or provided for him unusual kindness. And not only did he eat at the king's table, but David restored land and houses. And he even had servants, praise God, that made sure everything worked well for Mephibosheth. In a different, in a different uh, uh, con- connotation, it, it's also unusual acceptance. When I, when I look at that, I think about Joseph, how that he went from the pit all the way to the palace. And he comes out of Potiphar's house into prison. And then from prison, he now one night is in the prison. And next, next day, he's the prime minister in all of Egypt. But acceptance, why? Because he wasn't an Egyptian. But yet he's ruling, he's reigning, and everyone in Egypt is following the direction of Joseph. Unusual acceptance. And then we look at people like Nehemiah, who had unusual access. When you get the heart of the king, how many know that's greater than any resources a king could bring you? And that's what Nehemiah had, access to the heart of a king that really transformed his life. See, when you get people like that, that they're interested in your success, that tells you that you're operating in the favor of God. You know, favor, I believe, is the number one reason why people succeed in the kingdom of God. And as as a result of that, I want to give you three things very quickly, three things that the subject of favor is built upon. Number one, the favor of God is built on this thought process that destiny fulfillment is time dependent. Destiny destiny fulfillment is time dependent. John, John 9 and verse four, it reads this way. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. These are words that are coming directly from Jesus the Christ. And what is it literally saying to us? maximize the times and the seasons of your life. Maximize those times and seasons because 
you're not sure what's going to happen tomorrow. So maximize the time you have today. Here's another scripture that, that assists us in that. Ecclesiastes 12 and verses one and two, it says, don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. Honor him in your youth before you grow old and then say, life is not pleasant anymore. Remember him before the light of the sun, moon and stars are dim in your old eyes and rain clouds continue darkening your skies. Now that's out of the New Living Testament, but it just really helps us to understand that time is critical and everything pertaining to God and the fulfillment of your destiny is time dependent. I, I think about the scripture in Psalms 102 and verse 13, it says uh, that God will arise and show favor unto Zion. He says, it is the time, yeah, the set time to favor her. And when you think about time, it comes in two formats. It's chronos, that's the passing of time. You know, years and months and weeks and days and hours and minutes and seconds, chronos. But then there's a there's another level of time called kairos. That's a set time. And that's exactly what the scripture reads. But you and I are spending chronos. But what are you doing in your chronos in the passing of time to set you up for a kairos, a specific time, a set time, or I like what one of my favorite preachers said, an ignited moment, praise God. So you realize that the favor of God is time dependent. Number two, the destiny fulfillment of your life is also man dependent. It's not just time dependent, but man dependent as well. Why do you say that? Because think about this, that everything that God has planned and promised for your life it already exists in the, in the realm of the living. It just may be in the hands of another man. It already exists. And you and I must begin to understand the importance of relationships. We'll talk a little bit about it in a moment, but I think about people like Joseph who God used and had to use some man in order to save Israel from the famine. So what did he do? He sent Joseph in advance yeah, he went through the pit. He went to Potiphar's house, went to prison, but he was a guy that was in Egypt who was able to bring the Israelites into Egypt to literally save their lives from the famine. And it saved an entire nation, praise God. Look at how that God used a virgin by the name of Mary, who was willing to receive the seed to give birth to Jesus the Christ. It took 42 generations, but God was able to find someone, a man, mankind, to get his work done in the earth. So destiny fulfillment, number one, is time dependent. Number two, it's man dependent. And thirdly, here's something that favor is built on as well, that we must realize the whole world lies in wickedness, or it's, it's a wicked place. And you and I realize that the devil is an adversary trying to hinder us from destiny fulfillment. 
And you and I, once you know that, how many know you have an advantage? The devil seeking whom he may devour, trick, cause to lose focus. But when you and I begin to understand that God has given us the favor of God as a system of advantage, it puts us in a whole new ballgame. Now, those are three things that I want you to, man, hopefully you're taking notes, but, but I want you to understand that. Why? Because it plays a major role in you being able to attract the level of favor that I'm talking about into your life. Why is it important? When you look at Luke's gospel, chapter two and verse 52, it's talking about Jesus and it says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and statue and in favor with God and man. I'm telling you, if Jesus needed both God and man and favor from both in order to fulfill his destiny, then you and I must need the same things as well. Because he said, what greater work shall you do because I go to the Father? Well, we must have what he had in order to fulfill what he's called us to do. And it is both favor with God and with man. You you realize if you have favor with God, and I have to be honest here, I've said this and I know many of you maybe as well, as long as I got favor with God, I'm good. No, no, no. Having favor with God is great and it will give you access to revelation. You will have uh, great experiences with God, but you may suffer in this earth realm if you don't have favor with man. Why? Because God uses man to share his goodness one with another. Everything you and I will ever require is already in the earth. It just may be in the hands of another man. So we must begin to understand the value of asking and making it known that I need assistance, I need help. And sometimes, you know, People will do it just because of the anointing of God on your life or the presence of God that you have with on, up, upon you. But you and I can't be afraid to ask. The Bible in Matthew 7, in verse 7, it says, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be open. When you look at those three words, ask, seek and knock, If you take the first letters, it spells the word ask. One of the things that I I believe hinders many of us, and especially those of us that are believers, is this area of pride. I don't want nobody to know I need help. No, 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 no. Listen, you need divine assistance. And sometimes a person doesn't know how to assist you because you haven't made it known that you need it. We like to dress up, look the part, but be missing the ingredients to get the job done. And so many times we have to allow pride to be eliminated from our lives that we might see the fullness of God's plan for our life. I I believe this, that every testimony of victory and success in this kingdom is always going to be related to favor. I'm telling you, man, the favor of God is one of the greatest attributes that any of us could operate in. You know, we have have a ministry mindset that we always want to talk about the haters and how hater this and hater that. Let me tell you that. Let me tell you something. Who hates you does not really matter. 
but who likes you really does. I think about people like Esther who had the favor and her favor got her the best of, of food and the best of the, the things necessary to prepare her to go before the king. And she was accepted instead of Vesta. I'm telling you folks who loves you or who likes you really matters even more so than those that hate you. And I'm telling you, we need to get that in our spirits, praise God. Here's what I wanna do. I wanna give you seven keys to activating favor in your life, praise God. Because when you gain this understanding, it won't just be for you, but there are things that you can pass down for generations to come. I love the scripture in Deuteronomy 29, 29. It said, the secret things belong unto the Lord, but those things that have been revealed unto you are now available for you to pass down to the next generations. And so let's, let's give it to you. Number one, here's, an, I believe, one of the number one keys to activating favor, the favor of God in your life, is the word honor. And when we begin to gain insight, wisdom, and revelation concerning honor, I believe it changes the whole perspective of your life. Honor, I believe, is the missing element of manifestation. You know, the Bible there in uh, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 30 says this. God says, if you favor me or if you honor me, I will honor you. But if you despise me, you shall be lightly esteemed. This word of honor and this life of honor is very critical. I believe that honor is currency in the kingdom because, and and, and it's not just currency from a payment standpoint. You know, even though the Bible says, honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase, so shall your barns be filled with plenty and your presses or your purses She'll burst out with new wine. My point is, is this is a new way of gaining increase is through honor. When you honor those that deserve honor, it'll always set you up for great, um, great manifestation in your life. Not only is it the missing element of manifestation, not only is it the currency in the kingdom, but I believe that every successful endeavor in life is tied to honor. John 5, uh, you can read it um, on your own in, in verse, verses 39 through 44. But Jesus said this, he says, it's amazing how you guys honor one another, but you will not receive the honor that comes from me or the honor that comes from God. And that honor is the blessing of God. When we lack honor, we miss out on the blessing, the empowerment that God brings our way. You know, you think about the word honor. It it, it means to really show value or to pay high esteem or to count someone worthy. And it's also a way in which you appreciate those that have been a tremendous blessing in your life. And when you honor someone, it means that they carry weight in your life. They are important. They have value. And when you think about it, it changes the game. Dishonor, it, it's just the opposite. It means to treat common. 
It means to lightly esteem. And I'm telling you folks, when you and I really lay hold on this subject of honor, favor, I believe, will automatically be a part of your life. You know, this this subject of honor, I believe, is something that starts in the heart of man. Malachi 1, 6 says, a son honoreth his father and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear or reverence, saith the Lord of hosts unto you? This is something that has to be in the heart of man. But as even that scripture mentioned, I believe it starts in the home. I believe it starts with parents teaching children not only to obey, but to also honor. If I get you something for your birthday, you ought to be working to make sure I have something for mine. Honor, I'm showing the value that you bring into my life. But this is something that has to be taught. Ephesians 6 and 1 says, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth. But how many of you know this obedience and honor is something that must be taught and it must be taught at home so that when your children go to school, they understand what it means to honor their teachers. When they're in public, they know what it means to honor civil authority. When they go to church, they understand what it means to honor the man and woman of God. And then when they go to work, they realize it's an opportunity to honor their bosses on the job. I believe honor is the key to access. It opens many doors for you. But not only does it open doors, it sometimes keeps those doors open for generations to come. You know, the Bible says a man's gift, make it room for him and bring it before great men. When I think about access, I think about people like Joshua, who that when Moses got ready to go to the mountaintop to to visit with God, he didn't take Aaron, the priest. He didn't take any of the elders. He took his servant, he took his servant, Joshua. And why? Because Joshua honored him enough to serve him. And as a result, it gave him access. He didn't go all the way to the top, but at least he was on the mountain, praise God. And I'm telling you folks, it's a way in which we can receive the favor of God when we get a clear understanding of what it means to honor others. Here's a, here's a further definition of the word honor. It, it, it is the discerning, the celebrating, the rewarding of men for their distinct differences. Great men are literally a testimony of endurance, what they've been able to see themselves through and to get through and God to bring them out. Never, here's, here's a comment, and I want you to put all the explicits with it, praise God. Never enter into the presence of greatness and pretend as if it's normal. Honor is going to be a key for future access. And then when you show gratitude and you're thankful, that's another way of honoring those who deserve honor. And I'm telling you, man, honor, like I mentioned earlier, not only does it open the door for opportunities for you, but it keeps that door open for your children and your grandchildren 
as they that they can pass through it as well. A great example uh, for me, you know, I, my background is mechanical engineering and international uh, sales and marketing and things of that nature. But then God told me to quit my job, sell out, follow the man of God, and the the person there is Dr. Creflo Dollar. And so, you know, 25, 30 years ago, we did that. And, you know, in the process of me serving, working there in the ministry full time, I was preaching in the dome on a continual basis, you know, quite often. And 20 years later, because of the continued honor that we have for not only God, but also our man and woman of God, that door remained open that now my daughter is preaching at some of the larger conferences there at World Changers with Dr. Dollar and Pastor Taffy. And I'm telling you folks, this this aspect of honor not only opens the door of opportunity for you, but it keeps that door open for others to come behind you. So honor does have direction. It's number one, honor towards God. Number two, honor towards your man and woman of God. Number three, honor toward the vision or the ministry that you're connected to. But then number four, it's any form of leadership or any form of greatness, it always deserves honor. Here's a second thing that I believe will attract favor in your life. It's the word integrity. When you are an integral person, it now brings favor your way. Proverbs 11 and 3 says, the integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. Your integrity, your word means a lot. The Bible in Proverbs 25, 21, let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. Proverbs 20 and verse seven, the just man walketh in his integrity. And I love this part. And his children are blessed after him. When you begin to live a life of integrity, it not only impacts you, but it also impacts the generations behind you. And so integrity, here's a, here's a definition, remaining true to the original. Who are you, number one? And who are you in God? And what has God told you to do? And are you still doing that? Many people get frustrated. Nothing's working. Nothing's working. What was the last thing God told you to do? Go back, do that, and watch things continue to grow for you. You know, to to have integrity means that uh, you have allegiance. You're committed. You're faithful. You are loyal. Those are things that really describe integrity. When you say something, you mean what you say, you say what you mean. And here's the last one. I am honest. I'm going to tell you the truth, whether you like it or not, whether it leaves me in good light or not, I'm going to tell you the truth. But, you know, when you think about integrity, it just means that you have sound character, especially in the area of money. It's amazing how people will borrow money and say, I'm going to pay you back on Friday. And three, four, five, six, eight, ten 10 Fridays come and go. And I hadn't heard from you, hadn't seen you, and you haven't even mentioned my money. And then when I happen to see you and ask you about my money, oh, that little money, it wasn't little when you asked for it, but it's little now that it's time for you to pay it back. Folks, let me tell you something. God says he'll not be deceived. God is not mocked. 
Whatever seed a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So make sure you're sowing the seed of integrity that you can receive the gift of honor. Here's another, another aspect, another point. Number three, the way you attract favor is when you have value or you provide value and contribution. In other words, that you become more competent and you now uh, provide value with the knowledge, the wisdom, the revelation that you have. You contribute in causing lives to be better. Again, the kingdom of God works by reward system. When you become more valuable and receive more honor, your value will eliminate the pettiness of people, praise God. Why? Because you've risen above pettiness and the people that operate that way. Those who solve problems for people will always get paid well. So I encourage you, read books, become more knowledgeable. Don't just go based off of what you heard somebody else say. Get some wisdom and revelation and understanding for yourself that you can pass it on to others. Now we all learn from other people, but man, here's something I heard Dr. Dollar say once. He says, be a voice, not an echo. In other words, even though I may hear someone say something, I'm going to get that in me until it becomes mine. And when I say it, it may come out a little different because what? I've meditated on it. I have a different level of revelation as it relates to what I'm saying. I want to make, I want to have value. I want to give contribution in this life. Here's a, here's a word I think encompasses it, encompasses it all is I want to make an impact. You know, some people are just wanting to be successful, get a number of followers, get, get likes. Now I want to make an impact. I want somebody's life changed as a result of what I say and what I do. Because think about this, folks. Nobody really cares about you like that. They just want to know, what can you do for me? And I want you to be able to be a, sol a problem solver, praise God. And so integrity, uh, as well as contribution and value. And here's the thing, it's just competence. Become more competent and favor will definitely come your way. You think about people like, Joseph, who got the interpretation of Pharaoh's dream. As a result, he got treated very well. David, the same way, by killing Goliath. Well, what prepared him to kill Goliath was his time serving as the shepherd over the sheep. When he killed a bear and he killed the lion, he, it prepared him for killing Goliath. And not only was he blessed, but his family was blessed as well. So I want to say to you, become more competent. Number four, and here's a big one. And, and it's developing divine relationships, developing divine relationships. We go back to Luke 2.52. Jesus increased in wisdom, statue, and in favor with God and man. And when you talk about relationships, folks, you must understand it's critical that in any divine relationship, that there's a place where you guys can come together and agree. You may not have the same talents, gifts, skills, but when you come together in agreement and you're utilizing your skills versus their skills, 
it's going to cause you to be better. The Bible in Amos, Amos 3, 3 says this, can two walk together except they be agreed? You don't have to be the same, but you have to come in agreement. Why? Because there's power in agreement. There's power in unity. The Bible says it's a commanded blessing that comes along with it, praise God. But when you think about relationships, God even mentioned this early on in Genesis chapter one. You remember in Genesis 1, 26 through 28, and he now uh, has created man in his image and likeness and so forth and so on. And he gets to verse 28 and God said to them, God said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Well, the phrase be fruitful, it means to be relational. You're not going to be able to multiply and replenish and subdue if you don't have any key relationships. You're going to be in this world by yourself. And there's some people that have that mindset. I'm just going to do me. I'm just going to be over here by myself. And guess what, folks? You're not going to make that much impact. Life for you is going to be lonely. Being fruitful means be relational. Quality relationships should be considered as an advantageous connection. And I want to I want to share with you real quick four types of people you need in your life. Number 1, you need people that I call divine connectors. They can't help you, but they know the people who can. Oh my god, a divine connector. I think about Naaman there in 2 Kings chapter 5 verses 1 through 3. Naaman is a great man, but he has leprosy. And it's the maid in his house. Couldn't help him, but she said, there's a, there's a man of God, praise God, in Israel that can help you, can deliver you from this disease. And I'm telling you, folks, she connected him to Elijah. And Elijah was a man, now, uh, praise God, that, that got him delivered, got him healed, praise God. And then you got number two, men of influence. Men of influence. What are you talking about? They are, wait, wait a minute. I said 2 Kings, that's Elisha. I apologize. I, I, 2 Kings 5, Elisha was the man of God that healed him from that disease. Let me, let me say that over. There are four types of people that you need in your life. Number one, divine connectors. These are people that can't help you, but they know the people who can. I'm reminded of 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 3, where Naaman, who is a great man, but at the end of the context, uh, context of that scripture, it says, but he was a leper. But now he has a maid in his house that can't get him cured, can't help him at all, but she knows someone who can. She said, there's a man of God. His name is Elisha and he can heal you of your leprosy. You need divine connectors in your life. Number two, you need men of influence. These are people that are willing to invest their time, their resources, as well as their credibility for your success in life. Men of influence. And you and I can't be afraid to deal with and talk to and even ask men of influence to assist us. There are many, in many times, in many cases, 
they're waiting on someone to ask them to do something for them. I never forget for me, I'm working at this Fortune 500 company and one night as an engineer, I get a chance to have a dinner and I'm sitting right next to the president of the company. And you know, we're chatting and pleasure meeting you, sir. And I said, sir, I, I would love to work in international sales and marketing. He said, you know, we need some good people out front. And here I am, a 20-something-year-old uh, young black male uh, who's never been in the military, but yet I'm in a position that's been reserved for 45 to 50-year-old captains that are you know, retiring from the military. Those jobs were primarily preserved for them. But because I was dealing with a man of influence, and I asked for assistance, he said, well, go see the vice president of sales and marketing. And I said, well, sir, when I do, can I tell him that I, I, you sent me? He said, without a doubt, use my name. And uh, before I got there, he had already called the vice president and told him I was coming. How many know the job was mine before I even showed up? And that's how I got into international sales and marketing simply because I asked a man of influence to do something special for me. You know, he told me something that I'll never forget. He says, many people are just excited to meet me and they never ask me to do anything for them. And folks, that right there will, will bless your life just to understand that aspect of asking for assistance. Number three, you need gifted people. You need gifted people a part of your life. People that have the ability to get things accomplished. People that can put a pen to pad. People that know how to get the job done. Everybody can't be a visionary and talk about vision. Somebody has to be able to put the vision in, in play. Gifted people. And then last but not least, number four, burden bearers. Again, these are people that can't move you forward, but they do keep you from going backwards. I go back to 2 Kings 5. And, you, you know, Naaman, he goes to Elisha, and Elisha didn't even come out. He sends a servant and said, tell him to go dip seven times in the river Jordan and he'll be clean. He was upset. He was mad. The Bible said he was wroth. But he had a servant with him that said, Master, if he had asked you to do something great, you would have done it with no problem. Why not try this simple thing and see what happens? He couldn't move him forward but he sure didn't let him go back with all of that leprosy. And I'm telling you folks, those are some key uh, people that every one of us need in our lives. Jot this down if you're taking notes. Strategic relationships are required in order for you to rise to the next level. I think about people like Esther. She had a guy by the name of Hegia, and he was the keeper of the women. And so when all of these beautiful, fine women went in to the palace and they had a year to get prepared, Hagi or uh, Higa took her, gave her the special ointments and gave her the organic food so that when she pre presented herself before the king, it would be uh, a hands down victory. It, it was because of the favor that she found that she went from the general crowd to become the queen with the crown. And folks, I'm telling you, you need people in order for you to rise. Think about people like Joseph again, from the pit to the palace. His father favored him, even though his brothers hated him. 
Potiphar loved him, but his wife lied on him. He finds favor in prison, but more importantly, he is introduced to a divine connector in the butler. Even though the butler forgot him and he was in prison for two more years, how many know the moment that the that Pharaoh had a dream, the, the butler remembered, oh, when you put me in prison, there was a man I met that interpreted a dream and it came to pass. And immediately, Joseph now rises from prison to become the prime minister. You need divine connectors in your life in order to get you to the next level. Now, uh, many of these strategic relationships that God will try to uh, bring to pass in your life, they get ruined. Why? Due to, number one, a lack of understanding of honor, your unwillingness to ask for help, your lacking knowledge of the purpose of a relationship. You know, you think about it, it, God connects you with the opposite sex and instead of you understanding its purpose, you now start sleeping with the opposite sex and you mess up the whole relationship. Again, when you lack understanding or for or the purpose of a thing, you'll always abuse it. You know, when you talk about honor, it's misusing others for your own advantage. The Bible says to us in Romans 12 and 10, be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love in honor per preferring one another. This is how relationships are ruined. Unwilling to bow the knee. You realize that these people have a greater level of anointing, but now I want to compete instead of being in a position of honor. And then number two, relationships are ruined because we don't operate in a lack of integrity, not being true to our word, not being timely, borrowing money with no intentions of paying it back, you end up destroying the trust factor and it ruins relationships. But here's one of the things that I think is critical in these divine relationships and how you can ruin it is through selfishness. I've always declared that selfishness is the root cause to all sin. And the only, uh, you know, when you're a selfish person, you only think about your own benefit. You never consider how what you say or do may impact someone else. Again, number two, lacking clear communication is another form of selfishness. Not realizing that your words and actions do impact others. But I would say that as you and I operate in honor and integrity, we become more competent, become relational, and uh, continue to savor the relationships that we have for a lifetime of success. You know, right now, people are just interested in being a flash in the pan and being successful for a moment. I'm interested in being around for a long time. Longevity, praise God, I believe is a key to this, this subject matter of honor. Let me give you these other two things and I, I'll, I'll get out of the way. But, but, but number, <clears throat> number five, is prayer. Yeah, I realize that honor and integrity and competence as well as relationships are going to be critical, but your prayer time, your time in the presence of God is is going to be undeniable as it relates to you attracting favor in your life. Even your prayers should be a favor-provoking prayers. 
I'm, I'm declaring the favor of God belongs unto me. I walk in favor today. I, I declare that favor has gone before me and everything is waiting on me to show up, praise God. Because I realize that everything that I'm looking for is looking for me, praise the Lord. And so let your prayer life become, become one that provokes the, the favor of God in your life. And then last but not least, and it's definitely not least, the greatest activation of favor in our lives comes as a result of our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Yes, God the Father, God the Son, but the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he has been left here in the earth for us to lead us, guide us, direct us, to teach us, to remind us, to show us things that are to come. And folks, I don't ever want you to limit what it means to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know, many times we think the Holy Spirit is all about just speaking in tongues, but I'm telling you, it's about having the very essence of God dwelling on the inside of you. I like what Jesus told his disciples. He says, not only will he be with you, but he'll be in you, praise God. And we saw all of that in Acts chapter two come to full fruition. The Holy Ghost is the greatest advocate for the favor of God manifesting in your life. I want you to realize that the Bible says about Jesus in Hebrews, I think it's chapter one in verse three, that he was the express image of God. And I'm telling you folks, when, when people understand that you are a representative of God and they, you don't have to say it, you don't have to have a card with a title, all they know is the presence of God is there with you. And when you show up, everything changes. I promise you the favor of God will be one great thing that'll happen in your life. So here's what I want to leave you with. Favor is a system of advantage that God has given unto us through his grace package. And it is now high time for us to begin to tap into the favor of God. Yeah, I realize it's unmerited as it relates to salvation, but in other aspects, I can attract favor through my honor, my integrity, my competence, relationships, time spent in prayer, and my dependence on the Holy Spirit. I would like to pray for you today, and I'm praying that the favor of God will show up in your life like never before. If you're not born again, I want to give you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Because I don't know where, you're, where you are in this world system. And you may have just gotten on to this broadcast or this podcast uh, by accident, but I don't believe it was. I believe it was ordained of God. But if you're not born again, I want to give you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life by simply following me in prayer. Say this with me. Say, Father God, I come to you repenting of my sin. I ask you to cleanse me and make me whole. I invite Jesus Christ to be Lord of my life. And I believe in my heart that God, you raised him from the dead. And as a result, I am saved. Praise God. Hallelujah. That goes right in alignment with what the Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you will confess Jesus as Lord of your life and believe that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And so I declare salvation is yours. And I say to you, welcome to the family of God. 
as a result of your born again status, I would also like for you to receive the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of God. And the Bible in Luke 11, verse 13, makes receiving the Holy Spirit very simple. He says, if you're born again, all you have to do is ask God and he will fill you with his Holy Spirit. So let's do that. Pray this with me. Say, Father God, as a born again believer, I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. By faith, I believe it. And by faith, I receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. You're born again, filled with the Spirit of God, and life for you is taken on a whole new dimension. I'm excited for you. And if you would, just go ahead and lift your hands up. I want to declare this over your life. Father, I thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice. And I declare that the unusual kindness, unusual acceptance, and unusual access become theirs now. I pray the favor of God be upon them and that others will be able to discern the distinct differences that they now have operating in their lives as a result of your presence. Father, we thank you for the glory of God manifesting for them. And we declare it's done in the land of the living. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray and I declare all is well in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, this has been an exciting opportunity for me to share with you. I pray that you've heard something, experienced something that'll change your life forever. So remember this, Jesus is Lord. And in all of your getting, keep getting understanding that you too can bridge the gap between religion and reality. Have a great day and know that we love you. What an amazing message that was from Pastor Creighton. I hope you received something that will catapult you into the next dimension of favor for your life. Last week, Andrea's challenge to you was to not only be aware that favor is available to you, but to be expecting favor wherever you go and in whatever you do. My challenge to you this week is to keep expecting favor favor. You know, God has an assignment for your life that will bless you, bless his people, and expand his kingdom. His plan for your life is favor itself. There's a plan of favor available for you, but are you available for the plan? I love you all, and I look forward to next week. If you're blessed by this podcast, leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, and also share with others. You can go ahead and visit YouTube and subscribe now to be the first to know when I make my YouTube debut. For all other inquiries, or if you'd like for me to sing or speak at your event, even if you'd like for me to join you on your podcast, visit www.rakitaharper.com. And as always, friends... Be encouraged, be empowered, be inspired, but most importantly, be unconventional.